Well, what is up, Emmanuel? How are you feeling today? You, good to be, you excited to be here? I'm very excited to be here. We, today we are wrapping up a series called You Asked For It. So if you're a guest with us here today, thank you for uh, accepting someone's invitation and being here and welcome to our home. Hopefully your experience thus far has been a good one. If you're joining us online right now, we want to say welcome to you. There's people literally all across the world right now joining us in different countries like Germany and Switzerland and Puerto Rico and Colombia. A friend of mine texted me earlier. He said, I'm watching you live in, at, in the Atlanta airport. Airport. So I want to say hey to you, Bill. Love you. Uh, thanks for watching. Can we just welcome everyone right now who's watching all across the state, all across the country, all across the world. Thanks for, for dialing in. And uh, before I jump into the last installment of our series, real quick, you guys just saw a video about small groups. We believe that life is better connected. In other words, we believe you can go further, faster in the spiritual life and becoming the person that God has created you to be when you're working with other people. Instead of just sitting in a row, we want you to sit in a circle. And so we've made some adjustments for this fall to help more of you get involved in a small group. And I just want to mention a couple of those changes or shifts that we've made that I think will make small group a little bit more attractive to you. We're going to shift from an 18-month cycle of being in a small group to, a, to three 10-week semesters. And so you'll start 10 weeks this fall. You'll go for 10 weeks, then you'll take a break, then do another 10 weeks, take a break, then do another 10 weeks. So if you don't like your small group, you can opt out. Isn't that fun? Sort of like dating. You know what I'm saying? If you don't like your boyfriend... You move on. Anyway, um, so we're going to do that. So three 10-week cycles. That's one adjustment we're making. It's very exciting. Also, we are going to start to offer child care at the Greenwood campus on Wednesday nights and also at the Banta campus on Wednesday nights from 6 p.m. to, 6 to, to 9 p.m. Not 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., but 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay, so if you've got little squiggly little creatures that interrupt small group, you can drop them off, and so that's fun too. Anybody excited about that? Low-cost child care, low-cost, very low-cost. Not free, but low-cost, okay. And then the third one is, oh, also, this is great. You can now register for a small group, and it's so easy. All you have to do is go to myeclife.org, and you can register online for a small group. We've, it's never been easier to get in one before, and so those are the three adjustments that we're making. If you don't want to go to myeclife.org, you want to do it in person, there's, you can register out there in the kiosk uh, to get into a small group. Very, very excited. We really do believe that life change happens best in the context of a small group. Life is better connected. So we want to urge you to do that. So that's my little infomercial for small groups. Do you guys like that? It's good. Awesome. <clears throat> okay, so now week number four, you asked for it. This is a tough one. I'm just going to warn you on the front end, this is a tough talk to give. Uh, but hey, you guys asked for it. So uh, here we go. We're going to dive in. How do you forgive people? Man, it's so hard to forgive some folks, isn't it? I mean, C.S. Lewis, I, I, love, I love what he had to say about forgiveness. He said this, for everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive. You agree with that? I mean, it's like, oh yeah, we would all advocate for forgiveness across the world. You know, everybody should forgive people. And then someone offends me, right? It's like, Argh. now I'm in the position where I've got it. Why is it so hard to personally forgive those who hurt you? There's lots of reasons. There's pain involved, right? 
And forgiveness is an emotional decision. And when you're in pain, when you're hurt by that person, the last thing you want to do is like move towards that person with some sort of compassion or, you know, which you want to hurt them. You don't want to forgive them. And so a lot of times there's just pain. Maybe you don't want to hurt them, but okay, it was an exaggeration. But, you know, there's just pain involved. Another reason we, we, we fail to forgive or we don't move towards forgiveness is because we feel like we're, we're saying when we forgive people, that oh, I really didn't matter. You know, it's just, don't worry about it. I forgive you. And that is not true. But we feel that way. We feel like we're saying it's, it's just, it's not that important. And so we withhold forgiveness. Another reason we withhold forgiveness is because we feel like it's a, a win-lose interaction. And if I forgive you, then somehow I'm going to lose and you're going to win. Like, you got away with it, and, and, and I'm not going to let you get away with it, so I'm going to hold a grudge instead. Anybody ever do that, or am I the only one? Right? And so we, we feel like it's a win-lose transaction. We really don't, we, we don't recognize is that we are the, are the actual winners if we extend grace and mercy to the other person. A lot of times we fail to forgive because we, there's no justice in it, right? We feel like if I forgive you, then you didn't pay and I want you to pay. <laughs> or at least gravel towards me and say, I'm sorry, will you, will you forgive me, right? There's no sense of justice sometimes if we just extend forgiveness to somebody, right? Because we want them to pay the price for what they did to us. And it just feels like they just don't do that when we forgive, right? Another, another reason we fail to move towards forgiveness is we don't get our two cents in. You know, we don't get to give our little spiel and let me tell you what you did and how it hurt me and you know and so sometimes we wait until we can say those things and then after we get it off of our chest then we say okay now I forgive you <laughs> and it's just it's just not 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 great so there's lots of reasons why we we don't move towards forgiveness or forgiveness is very difficult today I want to talk about the process or the act of forgiveness. Jesus had a lot to say about this idea of forgiveness. In fact, he put it in something called the Lord's Prayer. You ever heard of it? Right? It's really not the Lord's Prayer. It's whose prayer? It's our prayer, right? It's the one he gave to us to pray. It sort of goes like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, which I'm so excited, as I'm sure you are, that he put food in the prayer. Isn't that fun? Because food is good. Too much could be bad. But, you know, he cares about us. He wants us to eat, right? So he says, give us this day our daily bread. And then he slips in almost, you know, I don't know, just in a stealth-like way. He slips in this idea of forgiveness. And after we eat, watch this, forgive us of our debts, implying that you and I are going to sin against God. You agree with this? On a regular basis, okay? And, and even if you're a Christ follower, it doesn't mean you're perfect. You're still going to stumble and you're still going to blow it, right? So he puts this in the prayer that we're supposed to pray all the time because he knows we're going to need to say it all the time. So God, please forgive us of our debts, our sins, as we also have forgiven our, say it with me, debtors. Woo! Did you notice the shift there in the tenses? Lord, forgive me now, today, as I have forgiven those in the past who've forgiven, who've sinned against me. In other words, the assumption that Jesus puts into this prayer is that on a regular basis, people are going to hurt you and offend you, and you're going to have to continuously, as a part of the daily grind of life, you're going to have to forgive them. He puts it in the prayer for us. Jesus knows something about forgiveness. 
He knows that it is better to forgive than to hold a grudge. He knows it is better for us to forgive than to let bitterness settle into our soul. He knows that bitterness, in your notes, destroys our souls. He knows it. And because he knows that that bitterness and anger and resentment is too heavy for us to carry, it's an infection that gets into the soul. It eats away the soul in the same way cancer eats away the body. Because he knows this, he says, you have to forgive all the time as I have forgiven you. He just puts it in there. The author of Hebrews says it this way, Hebrews chapter 12, just in case you think I'm making this stuff up. (laughs) Watch out that no poisonous root of, say it with me, bitterness. Come on, a little bit louder. Bitterness. Don't let this poisonous root of bitterness grow up and trouble you and those around you, your family members, your coworkers, the people you in your neighborhood. The bitterness will not only eat you up inside, it'll also start to infect other people. Don't let it happen. You know, trees have roots, and sometimes they go down four or five feet. They found a tree in South Africa, this, this wild wig, uh, uh, fig tree. Its roots went down 400 feet. Amazing. The deeper the roots go for a tree, the stronger that tree is, right? It can withstand the weather and the, and the storms. You know what the Bible says? Don't let the roots of bitterness go down deep into the soil of your soul because, man, it's going to be tough to get that tree out of your life. Don't let it happen. Jesus says, the reason I put it in the prayer is because you need to do it all the time. It is better for you to forgive than to hold a grudge. You with me so far? Say yes. Say amen. Amen. This is tough stuff. It's real. Last week, a friend of mine Uh, told me about a story of a girl named Immaculate, and I can't pronounce her last name, but you can look it up. There's plenty of YouTube videos about her, and she's now a speaker across across the world. She spoke at a leadership conference in Chicago a couple weeks ago. Some of you may have been there. You may have heard her story. Her name is Immaculate. She went home one Easter break to, 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 she, she was a college student. She went home to her native land of Rwanda in 1994 for the Easter break. She was going to spend a week there with her mom and dad and then go back to school. President Clinton was in office. I was in high school. Anybody remember that time? And while she was home, the next day, the president of Rwanda's plane got shot down, which triggered a mass genocide. Hutus killing Tutsis. There had been tensions, racial tensions going on there for decades. And this whole genocide had been planned and propaganda had been going and people on the radio had been saying, do this, do this, in the same way Hitler had been doing it back in Nazi Germany. And so all they needed was a trigger point. And when this plane went down, it triggered the genocide and people started being murdered by the thousands, by the tens of thousands. In fact, in 100 days, 800,000 Tutsis were slaughtered in 100 days, three months. When the killing started, Immaculate's father grabbed her and and said, you need to go down to so-and-so's house. He's a pastor. He'll hide you. So Immaculate went down there with six other adult women. And this pastor took them in. He was a Hutu. He was a member of the Hutu tribe. He took them in, and he hid them in a bathroom in his house. The bathroom was three feet by four feet, about the size of this mat. I'm going to lay it out on the ground here. 
This was the size of the bathroom. It had a toilet in it and a sink. And Immaculate and six other grown women stayed in this bathroom for 91 days. She went in at about 115 pounds. She came out at 65 pounds. And for 91 days, her and these six other women huddled in this little bathroom and they heard the horrors and the screams of all the people being butchered with machetes outside. And she knew the Lord and so she was battling daily with these thoughts of anger and hatred and bitterness and she was wishing that she had a flamethrower and a grenade launcher or she even talked about having a bomb if she could just kill all of the Hutus who were killing her people. Rage was coming up inside of her. But at the same time, she was also praying to God, saying, God, help me to forgive. I don't even know, how do I reconcile? How do I, I she knew the Lord's prayer to forgive those who have sinned against you. This is a picture of Immaculate right here. It's what she looks like today. And this is actually a picture of the bathroom that she and six other women stayed in for 91 days. The actual bathroom. And during that time, they they raided the house. Hutu people with machetes in their hands would raid the house, and they never found this little bathroom. But they were hunting them like dogs, like wild animals. One day she says that she heard a woman being killed in the street outside the house, and after she had been killed, the baby was left in in the road. And the baby cried the rest of the day. The baby cried all night long, and the following day, the baby stopped crying. Because the baby had died. In her book, she titled Left to Tell, she writes this, I prayed for God to receive the child's innocent soul and then asked him, how can I forgive people who would do such a thing to an infant? Even in that time, she was still thinking, I know I'm responsible to forgive, but how, God? These people are murdering tens of thousands of my people within earshot. After it was all said and done, she heard God say to her, they're all my children, even the murderers. They're all made in my sight, that's what she said. And that opened up her heart to begin the process of showing compassion and and extending forgiveness. When the genocide was over, she went back to visit some of the criminals in prison and she visited one particular man, and you can, you can check this out yourself. His name was Felician. And Felician was the one who was coming in the house. He knew Immaculate. In fact, Immaculate had played with Felician's children. They were friends. Felician would come in the house, and he would call out her name. Immaculate, where are you? Because he wanted to kill her. And now here it is, she visits his jail cell, and there he is. He was a successful businessman. He was known for dressing in sharp suits, and he was known for his manners. And now he's in a jail cell, in rags, emaciated, and Malachi walks into the jail cell. And she's there for one reason. Why do you think she's there? She's there to forgive the man who slaughtered her family. So she gets down there, and there's a jailer over here who's watching, and he's a member of the Tutsi tribe. And she watches Immaculate take Philistine's hands, the very hands that killed her family, take his hands and say, I forgive you. To which the prison guard was beside himself. How could you forgive him? You need to spit in his face. And this, I don't understand. And Immaculate said, it's all I have to give is forgiveness. She would say in her book, 
This is a direct quote. I'm not strong enough to squash my hatred. They've wronged all of us so much. My hatred, listen, my hatred is so heavy that it could crush me. Touch my heart, Lord, and show me how to forgive. You know what the message is today? You cannot handle bitterness. You cannot handle resentment. You think you can. You cannot handle hatred. You, it will eat away at your soul. And she knew it. She knew that if she didn't extend forgiveness to the very man who killed not just her family, but hundreds of other people in her town, it would destroy her on the inside. Jesus put the Lord's prayer, he put forgiveness in the Lord's prayer because he knew it was better for our soul. You with me today? This is hard stuff, but it's real. What is forgiveness? People get confused about this. They, they think it's reconciliation. Is forgiveness reconciliation? No, it's not. Reconciliation is when two parties that have been separated because of whatever come back together and now they're friends again. That they've been restored. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. You know, Immaculate didn't become friends with Philistine. Nope, didn't work. Reconciliation is a great idea, and I think we should all pursue it if it's possible, but it's different from forgiveness. Forgiveness, in your notes there, is simply canceling a debt. That's all it is. See, when someone offends you or hurts you, what they do is they steal. They take something from you. They steal something from you. They've taken your dignity. They've taken away something from you, and now they're in your debt. And you have to make a decision. What are you going to do with that debt? Are you going to hold it over them, or are you going to cancel the debt? Forgiveness is simply saying, you don't owe me any more. That's all it is. We see we have to have a target on the wall if we know what we're, if we're going to hit it. It's canceling the debt. Now, that may not be good enough for you, even hearing the story about Immaculate in this three by four bathroom for 91 days. You, say, you still may be sitting there thinking, yeah, but okay, I understand, but I still don't know how to do it. Well, let's get, let's get into that. How do you actually forgive somebody? It's very simple. In your notes there, you have to begin by looking in the mirror. Forgiveness begins by looking in the mirror. You say, what are you talking about? Well, when you open up this incredible book that's been inspired by God, and I hope you do, I hope you do it on a regular basis, the best book ever been written, <laughs> okay, it's bestseller, <laughs> translated in many different languages. When you open up this book, the ultimate success book of life, what you find is the path towards how to forgive. And what it tells us to do is to look in the mirror. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, listen to this. Bear with each other and, say it with me, forgive. Okay, so there it is. We, we just need to forgive. We need to cancel the debt. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive. Now, here's, here's what the Bible says very clearly. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven who? You. In other, words, in other words, if I want to know how to forgive the person who's hurt me, I have to understand how God has forgiven me. And when I fully grasp how he's forgiven me, then I have a path on how to forgive the other person. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, same idea. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven who? Yeah. He says it again. The path to knowing how to forgive is to understand how God has forgiven me. How has he forgiven me? He's forgiven me completely. Every lie, every act of lust, every hurtful thing I've ever said, 
Every hurtful thing you have ever said, every form of manipulation, everything you've ever stolen, every wrong thing you've ever done at the cross has been completely and 100% forgiven. Is that not amazing? Now, I'm talking to Christ followers today, and I know some of you are not Christ followers, and my hope is that you will cross that line today. But if you're a Christ follower today, God has forgiven you of 100% of your sins totally free of charge. Didn't cost you anything. He didn't say you got to work on it. He didn't say, I'll give you 10 years. And then maybe if you get things straightened out, then I'll forgive you. (laughs) He didn't give you penance. He didn't tell you to, to do all these different things to work off your sins. No, he says, you put your faith and trust in my son and what he did for you at the cross. And you'll be completely 100% forgiven. He didn't say, I'm going to cover 75% of your sins, but the 25, oh, these 25, they're pretty bad. Like these ones are severe. I'm going to hold those against you. Nope. He said, one drop of my son's blood will cover 100% of your sins. And why did he do it? Because he loved us. The Bible says, for God so Love the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He he forgave us 100% completely, and he did it because he loved us. Now, in view of all of that, I want you to extend that same forgiveness to the people who've hurt you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, if you're a Christ follower today, and you still struggle, and you're like, man, I, I hear you, and, and the story about the bathroom and the genocide, I get it, I, I heard that, and, but I still struggle. Here's why you still struggle. We struggle to forgive because we lack self-awareness. You're hearing me, but you're not understanding me. There's a huge difference between hearing something and fully comprehending it. What you're, what you're not understanding is how God has forgiven you. If you're holding a grudge, you're simply short-sighted. You're not seeing completely how Jesus Christ has forgiven you totally and completely. Because if you did... If you understood that he stretched out his arms and he allowed nails to go through his hands and through his feet and he allowed himself to be crowned with a crown of thorns and to be beaten over the head with a stick and to have his beard pulled out and have his face punched and been mocked and yelled at and screamed at, if you fully understood what he did so that you could be forgiven, you would have no problem extending grace to other people. But you do. You struggle. And you still have those grudges and you still, you know, got those pet resentments inside your heart. And and here's why. It's because you lack self-awareness. You haven't seen fully how Christ has forgiven you. And when you do, if you do, and my hope is you do today, you will be able to go to that person who's offended you and forgive them. Jesus taught a parable about this so that we could get it clearly in our minds. One day Peter comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, how, how often should I forgive someone who's offended me? And, you know, he came up with this idea. Seven, because that's a good biblical word, right? Seven days of creation. <laughs> you know, and, but Peter was way off. Jesus says, no, not seven. Seven times 70. And his point wasn't 490. His point was however long it takes. As many times as it takes. Every single time I want you to extend forgiveness. And then he taught a little parable about a king. He said there was a king who wanted to settle accounts with all of his servants, and the first guy he calls in, he owes him 10,000 talents. That's how much this guy owes the king. One talent was 20 years of a day laborer's pay. 
One talent. So this guy had 10, he owed 10,000 talents. In the New Living Translation, it says in Matthew 18, millions of dollars. This guy had a lot of debt towards the king, okay? So he comes in, he says, you need to pay. And the guy says, I can't pay. And he says, all right, well, let's, you're going to be sold. and I'm going to put you in jail. I'm going to sell your wife. I'm going to sell your kids until, you know, you can pay your debt. The guy gets on his knees. You read it later. Gets on his knees and he starts to plead with the king. Oh, I can't pay, but just give me some time and I'll pay it off. And all of a sudden, mercy floods over the king's heart. And the king says, that's okay. I cancel the debt. You're free to go. And he lets the guy go. To which the guy goes out and he finds his fellow servant there who owes him 100 denarii. 100 denarii, just to, just to show you the comparison, 100 denarii is a couple of days worth of, of pay for a day laborer at that time. Maybe a couple of hundred bucks. And he finds him and he says, pay me now. And the guy says, I can't pay you, but give me, give me some time and, and I'll, pay, I'll pay off the debt. And the guy says, no. And he, and he grabs him and he throws him in jail. He says, you're going to stay there until you pay me 100 denarii which doesn't really make sense. And a couple of servants are over here watching. They're just watching. They watch the whole thing go down. This guy was forgiven 10,000 talents and he can't even forgive 100 denarii. So they go back to the big dog. <laughs> they go back to the king and say, oh, Mr. King, remember that dude that you just, 10,000 talents and he just went out and did this thing and threw him in jail? Watch what happens. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant. Those are some words I don't want to hear from Jesus. Anybody? I don't want to hear him say, I want to hear good and faithful servant. I want to hear him, I love you, my son. You know, I'm well pleased with you. I don't want to hear you, wicked servant. So pay attention if you don't ever want to hear Jesus say that to you. I forgave you 10,000 talents because you pleaded with me. Watch this. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy upon you? Are you crazy? It's inconceivable to me that you couldn't extend a little bit of mercy when I gave you huge amounts of mercy. It doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me. And so watch, this is the point Jesus is trying to make to Peter and to me and to you today. You have offended God far more, far more than anyone has ever offended you. Like the debt that you and I have to forgive individual people is 100 denarii, and the debt that God forgave us is 10,000 talents. It's inconceivable then for me to, to hold a grudge against this person when God has forgiven me this much. Are you with me today? Hey, this is tough stuff, but again, this is just the series is called You Asked For It. <laughs> How do you forgive? You have to remember the 10,000 talents, folks. Everything you've ever done, every sin you've ever committed, the mountain of sin has been canceled. Therefore, go to your friend, your neighbor, your ex-wife, your husband, whoever it is, and say, no problem, debt canceled. In light of how God has treated me, I will give you the same mercy. And if we don't, folks, we are in danger of hearing the master say, you wicked servant. Watch how it finishes. In his anger, the master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay his debt. And then Jesus turns to the crowd and he says these words, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, your niece, your nephew, your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, from your where? Wow. From your heart.
Do you see what Jesus is concerned about? He's not angry with us. He's not out to get us. He's concerned about what bitterness and resentment will do on the inside to my heart and the inside to your heart. He says, you must forgive. It will destroy you if you don't. So after hearing that, I sit back and I say, okay. The natural question to ask in your notes, who is it? Who do I have to forgive? Right? All right, I get it. I heard the lesson. Great, great Bible study. Awesome. Who is it? Who's the person in your life? Who has offended you? Who have you been nursing that grudge about towards? And you got your reasons and your justifications, and they did this and they did. Listen, a Maculee story doesn't give you any excuse, does it? If she can forgive the very man who hacked her family to death with a machete and thousands of others, how can you hold a grudge against the person who wounded you, said that thing, did that thing? Who is it? Is it a brother? Is it a sister? Sometimes the siblings are the worst ones, to, the hardest to forgive, right? Am I right? I don't know what it is called. I don't know why that is. But it's like when your brother and your sister, it's like, am I right? Yeah? Is it a mother? Is it a, a father? Is it a friend? Business partner? Just totally did you wrong? Ooh, I hear stories about that all the time. I had this business partner and then he didn't do what he said he would do and then he started to, bitterness has settled into the soul. Jesus would say, don't let that root of bitterness corrupt your soul. Let it go. Cancel the debt. Who is it? Who do you need to forgive? I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. Once you have that person in mind, or maybe it's two people, maybe it's three. I want to lead you in a prayer. And, I, and this prayer is, is, is an action. It's an action step, okay? It's, a, it's an application of what we heard today. It's, a, it's an obedience to, to, to Colossians 3.13, Ephesians 4.32, Matthew chapter 5. It, it's, it's saying, okay, Jesus, I heard you, and now I am going to act. I'm going to say a prayer. And it's a prayer of canceling the debt towards that person you've been holding a grudge towards. I want you to pray it. I want you to take it. You don't have to pray it out loud. I'll pray it out loud. You pray it silently to God. And you say, God, today I am canceling the debt. I am following Amalekis' example. I am following your example. I'm going to forgive as you have forgiven me. And today you're going to drop the charges. Don't, 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 don't listen to that other voice right now that's saying, oh, this ain't for you. No, no, this is for you. This is for you right now. Step into this moment right now and pray this prayer. And cancel that debt against that person. Would you pray with me? Dear God, after hearing the scriptures today and gaining insight and understanding, in light of how you have forgiven me, I choose to cancel the debt against. I choose to forgive them. I choose to let it go. You have forgiven me of a mountain of wrongdoing and sin. 
you have extended tremendous grace to me. And right now, I choose to give that grace to. Give me the strength and courage to continue to forgive every single day as offenses continue to come. I cannot handle bitterness and I refuse to let its roots get down deep into my soul. Give me your strength, give me your wisdom to follow your instructions and to forgive the debts of those people that have offended me. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Hey guys, if you made that decision, <laughs> we did business today, okay? <laughs> we had church today. If you may, if, can we just give God a hand today? Can we just say thank you, God? You know, you say, what is church all about? Like, what is it? Do we come and sing? And do we come hear somebody give a talk? You know what? No, 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 no. It's not all about that. You know what it's about? It's about you becoming more and more like Christ. It's about hearing the truth of God's word that transforms your life. Today, that happened. And hopefully it happens every single weekend. Now, there's some of you here today, you're not in a relationship with Christ. And man, if I could make that decision for you, I would jump into your body. I would jump into your head. I would jump into your brain. And I would trust Christ so fast. Here's why. Because life is better with Christ than without Christ. Anybody agree with that? Like life, when you do life Jesus' way, it is far better than doing it your way. It is far better than you playing God and calling the shots and kind of writing your own rules. That is disastrous. And right now there's an offer on the table for you to come and give your life to Christ. Listen, he gave his life for you. He died on the cross. He spread out his arms and allowed himself to be crucified so that he could give you his life, his spirit, and show you how to live true life. Would you come to him in faith today? Would you say to Christ today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust you, wash away my sin, make me your son, make me your daughter. Maybe you're watching live right now in another country or another state. You need to make this decision. Put your trust and faith in Christ. If that's where you're at right now, I'm gonna lead you in a very simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer that says, I wanna become a child of God today. I wanna trust Christ to wash away all my sin. Would you pray with me if that's where you're at? Oh, Jesus, today I trust you. Forgiveness is available, so I come. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you paid the penalty. I believe you canceled the debt. So right now, make me your son. Make me your daughter as I put my faith in you. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the gift of grace. I embrace it. And help me from this day forward to extend that same grace that I have received to the people in my life who've wounded me and hurt me. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Can we give God glory today for what he's done, for what he's doing? 
Hey guys, before you leave, if you just prayed that simple prayer, I would love to put a free Bible in your hands. Actually, our team would love to do that. There's tables back here to my right and to my left. Um, If you prayed to receive Christ, it's so critical that you begin reading the Bible. We would love to put one of these in your hands. If you prayed to receive Christ online, there's a little button there that you can click that says, I accepted Christ. We would love to get one of these in your hands as well. We'll get that process started. One more time, guys, can we give God glory for what he's done? Amen. Here's what we got. As, we, as we're getting ready to leave, as we, just remember this visual right here. Three by four bathroom, 91 days, seven women trapped as genocide's going on outside the walls. And God worked through those women and is working today to show us that forgiveness is possible. Canceling the debt is possible. Will you follow her example? Will you follow Christ's example? I promise you, as Jesus said, it is better to forgive than to hold a grudge. It is better for your soul to drop the charges and cancel the debt than to hold on to a grudge. Now it's your choice. Will you pray with me? God, as we leave today, thank you for your word. Thank you for Matthew 18, Colossians 3, Ephesians 4, Matthew 6. Thank you for these passages of scripture that they guide us into true life. They teach us how to navigate a world where there's evil and there's wrong and people hurt us and people hurt others and people hurt the the people we love. They show us how to navigate all through that mess and find life. Jesus, thank you for laying your life down for us. You actually said there's no greater way to show love than for a person to lay down his life for his friends. And that is what you did. Help us to forgive those as you have forgiven us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend.